It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking the podcast on the road this season. We want you to come with us. We're heading to Tampa. We're heading to Nashville. We're heading to New Orleans and maybe a couple other surprises. Thanks to fansofphilly.com. That's P-H-A-N-S, fansofphilly.com. They put all the packages together for us. We're going to hit the road. Set it and forget it. Four-star hotels, direct flights, tickets to the game, tailgates, pregame festivities, and can be a part of our show's as we're there the whole weekend, wherever we are going. Fansofphilly.com. Make sure you use the code BGN so we all stick together and come have fun with us as we cheer on our Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, and take over every stadium that we are in this season. Fansofphilly.com. Promo code BGN. Welcome on into the 43rd, a.k.a. the Darren Sproles edition of the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by BGN Radio, bgnradio.com, and bleedinggreennation.com. Um, Going to go in the trust tree here, uh, straight out of the chute. I peed myself a little bit today, so I'm doing this podcast with a little bit of wet shorts, okay? Um, just to be completely honest with you, um, I don't know if you needed to know that. Uh, I don't know if you could tell that my voice inflection was a little off because uh, my, my drawers are a little bit wet. Also, I've never used the term drawers before in that kind of scenario, so that was the first time I ever said that. That's when you know you're a little bit flustered, okay? Um, listen, got to be completely honest with you. Got stuck in traffic on my way down here. Uh, while I was stuck in traffic, I started to feel it building up a little bit. Uh, I had to park. I parked like 10 minutes away from work. Uh, it, it takes me a good 8 to 10-minute walk here. I had to sprint across the street at one point. Um, and if you've ever been in a scenario where you have to poop or pee really badly and you start running, it's, it's usually a bad scenario. I, 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 read, I read the situation wrong when I saw the, the light, light turn yellow. I thought if I sprint here... I will get across the street and I'll be home free. I'll get I'll get to work faster. Bad mistake because then the the floodgates start opening a little bit. Uh, you have to walk, but you have to clench your butt cheeks at the same time. I didn't do that today. Uh, it was it was a bad execution on my part. Uh, I got to work and I was uh, I was I was doing pretty well. And then as I walked into the bathroom, it, it started it started leaking a little bit. So I'm not like sitting here drenched in pee, but I did pee myself just a little bit. 
and uh, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. But you know, I, I feel like if I can't be honest with you in the trust tree, then what's the, what's even the point? Of the trust tree at this point. So, um, listen. This is this is a, this is a warrior episode by me. Okay. This is what she, this is what I do for the the listeners of the Counterpoint Podcast. So, very important podcast today. As always, we are banning people from from ever appearing on the Counterpoint Podcast because I tell you what, some of these takes are right, it's just it's just you're you're doing this for for reaction and you should be banned. You're you're not you're never allowed on on the Counterpoint Podcast. We'll we'll, we'll ban some folks today. Other Jack's headlines. Another underrated Super Bowl moment that I found myself just like, wow, that actually happened. Uh, we also have Jimmy Kemsky on the program today, which, listen, once when Jimmy and Jack get together, I don't think there's a better podcast in all of the land. Um, he, is, he is the funniest dude, a hilarious equals beat writer, um, and somehow we talked for 45 minutes about dumpster fires. Because it's dumpster fire season, and when it's dumpster fire season... There's no one better to talk to than Jimmy Kemsky. So Kemsky's on the pod today. And of course, the Counterpoint Mailbag, which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. But let's start with some banning some folks. So listen, David Carr, get out. David Carr is so fucking banned. Listen, the, 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 the fucking nerve of this guy, the most sacked quarterback in the history of the league, David Carr, one of the biggest busts in the history of the league, only has a job because his brother is kind of good, uh, comes out and says that Carson Wentz is not a top 10 quarterback. Yeah, I, the, the guy that was on pace to be the MVP finished second in the NFL in touchdowns um, after missing you know, the final three games of the season. We still finished second in the NFL in touchdowns, uh, set a franchise record for touchdown passes, uh, and was a front runner for the MVP. That guy's not a top ten quarterback. I, you know, it's it's this kind of bullshit that that it, it, it's I don't know I don't know what to say anymore. Like I, David Carr, it, it, get the fuck out. Now you can get the fuck out also with Elliot Harrison. So Elliot Harrison, whom I have never heard of, I I don't know who Elliot Harrison is, um, but. I saw it floating around on Twitter. He he looks like a frat bro. Um, out. Listen, Elliot Harrison wrote this just fantastic article um, that had Doug Peterson uh, ranked below Andy Reid for for the best coaches in the NFL. In fact, he ranked him eighth, which again is is downright embarrassing. Andy Reid, yes, yes. Doug Peterson is not a better coach than Andy Reid, right? Yeah, Andy Reid, the guy that has a meltdown in the playoffs every year. Mike McCarthy. Everyone and their mother knows that Mike McCarthy is a dog shit head coach that is propped up by Aaron Rodgers. Imagine what Doug Peterson would do with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. But Mike McCarthy has been throwing up on himself for the last six years. Dog shit article. John Harbaugh hasn't been relevant in years. Mike Tomlin, every year, massive mistakes. Pete Carroll, it's all crumbling around Pete Carroll. Sean Payton, Doug Peterson beat him for, to, for the right to wear green jerseys in New Orleans this year. And Bill Belichick, Doug Peterson torched that fraud in the Super Bowl. So, Elliot Harrison, banned. David Carr, so fucking banned. You're both, you're both so fucking banned, but David Carr is just... I don't know which is more egregious. But David Carr not having Carson Wentz as a top 10 quarterback... Is maybe one of the most egregious things I've 
I've seen on the internet waves. It's it's embarrassing. There's no other way to say it. Whew, that felt good. It felt good to ban people. It's been a while since I banned people, and those two are gone. Also, from the NFL NFL Network, I guess it is, is that the the top 100 players were announced. Now, there was plenty of players who were snubbed on the Eagles uh, or ranked way too low. Fletcher Cox at number 69. Lane Johnson, like, 93, and Malcolm Jenkins, 95. I think that's what it was. But, but the whole list saved itself when they had Carson Wentz as the third best player in the NFL. And it was, it was the third best player uh, voted by the players. And I tell you what, when I watched the clip, I was like, it was, it was starting to, to move. The, the blood flow was, was moving down there, and it was beginning to move. And then the players were like, some of the players were like, yeah, he should have been number one. There's at least four players that said he should have been number one. And when I heard that, oh, did it move. So, listen, that was, that was a really, really proud dad moment for me as, as Carson um, was ranked as the third best player in the NFL. Finally, the last Jacks headline that we got to get to is... Doug, big balls, Doug. Like Doug has just been strutting his stuff around the entire league since this team won the Super Bowl. He goes to the combine dressed in the in the Super Bowl Fifty Two polo, which is just a it's a, it's a big it's a big balls Doug moment. He goes to the Phillies game, uh, brings the the trophy out on the field, and then fires a strike. Uh, big balls, Doug. He he wins the the home run derby against all the rookies to show them who's boss, and now he lays it all on the line and wins a bet against Sean Payton to wear midnight green on the road in New Orleans. And Doug's smart for this. Doug knows that the the, the, the Eagles are bad and white. Like the Eagles, the Eagles not only look bad and white, they play bad and white. And the only time they lose games is in white. So guess what? I had a bad feeling heading into New Orleans uh, this coming year. I no no longer feel bad because they're wearing midnight green. And this team does not lose in midnight green. Well, think about it. Think about last season. They lost in Kansas City in in white. They lost in Seattle in white. They lost Carson Wentz in white. The only reason they won the Super Bowl was because they were wearing green. And those frauds from New England were wearing white. It's just just science. I I don't know what else you want me to do. It's just science. And just one of the most underrated things of that Super Bowl, and a thing that you know caught my eye and maybe you know remind not remind myself, but just like, wow. Fourth and one, down one against some say the greatest coach of all time and the greatest quarterback of all time. And Doug Peterson goes for it on fourth and one, not on their own fifty. It's like they're forty four. Goes for it, gets it. And without that, they don't win the Super Bowl. Like, like it's just you have. If you want to beat the New England Patriots, you got to have big balls. And Doug had ginormous balls. That moment, another underrated, awesome moment from that Super Bowl. One of many in that Super Bowl that we're going to remember for years. But that one is just like, man, what a guy. I love Doug Peterson. Well, it's a it's a, well, it's not a tradition. We we discussed this pre-show, but it is a an annual at this point, Jimmy. The the ten reasons why Jimmy Kemsky will be a dumpster fire this season, because as all of you well know, it is dumpster fire season, and we are bringing in the most memeable beat writer 
on, on the Eagles beat, <laughs> Jimmy Kemsky. Jimmy, how's your dumpster fire season going? How dare you, most memeable beat writer. <laughs> well, last year it was the bad boy of the Eagles beat. This year it's the most memeable. So we're changing <laughs> it up a little bit. It's accurate, though, I guess. Well, you've got so you've had some legendary memes, honestly. It's 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 almost unbelievable. Like whenever I see you start to becoming a meme, I'm just like, oh, honey, oh, Jimmy, yeah. not again. They they got it's you again. That, that that catches me in my worst in in my worst moments. Listen, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Les Bowen's a snake. He's a, he's a, he, he is a snake. So, um, Jimmy, uh, I named you a Super Bowl winning beat writer. How did that feel? Was that better than the Eagles actually winning the Super Bowl? Well, no, because you called me a bust initially. You said that I was the Nelson Aguilar of the team, in that I was a bust initially, and then I kind of overcame that and became a, a solid contributor to the group. And I contend that I was in no way ever a bust. <laughs> I was strong out of the gate and continued on that path in my career. So how dare you, Jack Fritz? Uh, listen, I call it like I see it, you know? Just a, <laughs> just a huge bust for a little bit. Uh, and really, you know, you came on the Counterpoint podcast last year. You you, you entered into that. Oh, that's po- it turned around. Yeah, I mean, you entered into that podcast. You're like a you were like a, a a baby deer, and you didn't know what you were doing. You're wandering onto the Counterpoint podcast, and then boom, you have a great year, and the Eagles win the Super Bowl. So I had obviously I had to bring you back on because so I'm, that was the moment the light went on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was the, it was the moment that you got it. Okay. The coaches, I, oh, that makes sense. Then. The coaches talked about it, and they were like, Kemsky gets it this year. He finally gets it. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so like, I'm just trying to do the same things I did last year because the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So that's why mm. we obviously had to do this again. And now it's something that people look forward to once dumpster fire season rolls around. Well, that makes sense. I think so, too. I think so, too, at all. Um, so before we get to the super serious 10 reasons why you will be a dumpster fire this season, uh, which team realistically do you think has the most dumpster fireable potential if that's a word well i'll i'll put i'll frame it like this the, the two easiest ones to write were the cowboys and the giants to my surprise i actually really struggled with the washington team uh they were i mean they had the least holes of the three teams kind of by far the only thing they don't have going for them is that they don't really have star players, whereas the other two teams kind of do. Um, and they're the, the Redskins. Their ceiling is what ten wins, if <laughs> you know, if that. Well, that's so the that's, that's the Alex that Smith scary special team, anyway. But they do. They don't really have many holes. But the most dumpster fiery, in my opinion, would be clearly the Giants. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it's, It feels like the 2013 Phillies. Where they decided to just run it back again with all, with all the old guys, and it just completely <laughs> right. blew up in their face, and it was just like, oh, this is over. And I think I think the the Giants are just they're they're on a they're on a Titanic, and they are meeting that iceberg. And this this year could be the you know last year obviously was terrible. They had the second worst record in the league. This year, yeah, they could be right in the same boat. Yeah, they're running it back with Eli, which again makes no sense to me, and I think that's what you're referring to. Yeah, but then also. The biggest thing, in my opinion, that is going to lead their, to their once again downfall is that offensive line is trash. <laughs> I mean, it's not good to begin with. But then beyond that, they have no continuity whatsoever. So there isn't a single player on that offensive line that has ever played a regular season snap with the guy 
directly to their left or right. <laughs> so uh, they've, they've never, this, this entire group of offensive, offensive linemen have never played together in a game. The only two linemen that have ever maybe played in the same game at any time, and I'm not even sure without having done this deep of research, would be their center, who is either going to be, uh, it's actually a competition there between Britt Jones and a guy named John Halapio, and then Eric Flowers played left tackle for them. So I don't know if you know either one of those centers and the and Flowers played in the game at the same time. I guess Brett Jones and, and Flowers played the game at the same time, but they don't play next to each other. But that's the only continuity that they have whatsoever is two guys that they kind of play not on opposite ends of the line, but not next to each other. Not that all the rest of the guys are new and wildly overpaid. So their offensive line has always stunk, and that's been a big reason for the you know why they went. Three and thirteen a year ago, and it's not going to get any better. I have never heard of John Halapio, but he <laughs> sounds like a guy that would have been in the Sopranos. So maybe he's like the hometown yeah. guy. Yeah, that makes sense too. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. You're, make, you're making a lot of sense, Fritzy. <laughs> well, I mean, of course. Um, so this year, you added the, the Minnesota Vikings to your list of dumpster fires, and that was smart by you because every year you do the same four teams, and you have the dumpster fires. But you know. The Vikings fans are just such babies that I knew in your <laughs> maniacal mind that you could just you could tweak them. How easy was it tweaking the Vikings fans this year? Yeah, I didn't even bother coming up with ten reasons for them. I just kind of took a dump on their fan base, and then for reasons <laughs> two through ten, I just said, "I'm just kidding. I just I'm, I don't like, I'm not actually doing this. I'm just I just wanted to make fun of the fans again. That's <laughs> pretty much all I did, and uh, some of the so it, apparently, all these uh, all the dumpster fire articles they did really well on. They all got posted on Reddit NFL. Oh yeah, and they're all like they're all like the number one spot all week. Yes, <laughs> for each one, they're at the number one spot. So we got like a ton of traffic from people clicking from all over the league, uh, clicking in on those. And the people that I, I checked in on the Vikings one just to see how their fans were taking it on that. <laughs> a lot of the comments from fans like around the league were saying, "Wow, number one is really long." <laughs> number number one is like was, num- the number one reason was that they're you know that the, the Eagles own the Vikings' soul. And uh, I went on just to basically uh, point out all the different ways that the Eagles have kind of owned them ever since they. You know, for the beginning, rather, with the Sam Bradford trade up until you know, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl in their city. And, uh, you know, it just, and it also made several allusions to, you know, how much of a crybaby fan base they have all <laughs> throughout number one. And again, people were like, wow, I was, I was wondering why number one was so long. And then I get to the end of that and it says two through 10, done. <laughs> you know, so yeah. like, uh-huh. so anyway, uh, they they got really mad. I got a lot of emails from from Vikings fans. I got a lot of you know Twitter blowback from Vikings fans. I got a lot of um, a lot of threats by them. Like you never say anything like this to my face and blah 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 blah. Um, so it was all in good fun for me. And well, for what you. they don't realize is that that's the reaction. That's the exact reaction I'm looking for. <laughs> like I only wrote it. I, I would say in the article, I'm only doing this. Just to tweak you guys. That's it. Like that's, I'm just. I'm only doing this to make you mad. And sure enough, they got mad, and they basically just kind of confirmed what I was looking for. Those Midwestern <laughs> folks are so nice. They're they're they really <laughs> handle things well. Uh, yeah. They came. The funniest part is like they came into a real city 
and and they tried to do their cute little rocky steps things and then and then like at halftime they 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 got their ass kicked and they, did. they had no idea how to handle such an ass beating especially since they had already talked themselves into having the super bowl in their house and the thing is they the the crybabiness they say they that none of that would have existed uh, I'm sorry. They they say that uh, the outcome of the game, rather, had nothing to do with their complaining about sure. their, the treatment of the Eagles fans. Which, by the way, the majority of people complaining about the treatment of of uh, you know Vikings fans at, at in Philadelphia, they weren't even there. <laughs> so, like, what are, you, what are you complaining about? You weren't even there. You were affected in no way by any you know nonsense stories. That, and some of the stuff was. Certainly over the line. Like you can't throw beer bottles at people. Like, yeah, you know, that's, that's clearly not okay. But I mean, the the uh, the embellishment on the clear, you know, embellishment on, on a lot of things that that kind of heard the week thereafter. I mean, it was just ridiculous the stories that they were coming up with. Yeah, it, um, which, it, it couldn't have been real. And like, and which, say- al- which always happens. It always happens with with fans that want to complain about it. But the thing is, have they won that game? There wouldn't have been any complaining about it. You wouldn't have heard a word. You wouldn't no. have heard a word about the truth. They're just happy they won. No, and and listen, like I, obviously, me and you think the throwing beer bottles at, th- at people's thing is ridiculous and shouldn't happen. But also, like you have to understand that that might happen if you come to Philadelphia and beat us, or also get your ass beat, which is what happened. So, like that's also on them. Like they should have understood that. I think they, I think they thought of Philadelphia as like this folklore. Like, oh sure, yeah, they're really bad, and then they got yeah. here, and it was like, oh shit, we like we're done. And they did poke the bear. I mean, I don't think anyone really gives a shit about Rocky. Like, does anyone really give a shit if anyone does anything to Rocky or whatever? Like, does, does, like you know, as, as Bill Burr says, is fictional character. <laughs> like, your your biggest hero is a fictional character. But really, does anyone give a shit about Rocky? Does anyone care? Like, do, Not do you really. care about Rocky, Jack? No, I mean, like, no. But I, but, well, but. I think I think but only, po- but they're still poking the bear. But I think Philadelphians are allowed to say, "Eh, I don't know about Rocky." For them to come in here and trash Rocky is a different story. I've always yeah, mentioned. Okay. I've always said that. <laughs> okay, That's you can't. Fair. You can't do that. Um, do you? Do you? So it seems like the other fan bases in the NL East. They didn't have the same vitriol towards you this year. Do you think that's because they lost their only argument, which was how many rings do you have? Yeah. So a lot of that. Um, it always used to be the Eagles have no rings. And then that transitioned into um, either that they didn't beat a very good Patriots team. So they okay. tried to minimize the <laughs> the, okay. the uh, accomplishment of, of winning the Super Bowl. Even though Tom or Brady threw for 505 went, yards. Or, or, or they said it was a fluke. Or they said, you know, they go to the far, far lamer. You only have one Super Bowl. Ah, oh, there it is. <laughs> that's that's the next one, I guess. Right? <laughs> you only have one. Like the 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 funniest one that I got was actually from uh, a Vikings fan who pointed to the success of the, another team in the Vikings division, the Green Bay Packers, and. He noted all the Super Bowls and just overall championships that, that they've won in their history and uh, pointed out that the Eagles fall well short of their accomplishments. And that is the weirdest argument that I've, that is the weirdest argument I've ever heard in my life. Like, can you imagine, you know, you being an Eagles fan and, um, you know, somebody 
some 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 writer or some other team is making fun of the Eagles, and you go, "Oh yeah, well the Cowboys have five rings, jackass." Yeah, and they're <laughs> yeah. in our and they're in our division, and we play them two times a year. Well, what? Yeah, well, what I mean, is, yeah, oh, right, right. <laughs> we play that team two rings. times a year. They have five rings, and we play them twice a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, that makes no sense. It's a terrible argument. <laughs> Yeah, but can you imagine extolling the virtues of other teams in the division as uh, right. sort of some sort of put down? I guess that's <laughs> is that kind of, that's kind of like the Big East or like the Big Ten. You know, they would win the, the win the NCAA tournament. Like a team from there would win it, and then all the teams in the Big Ten would claim that as like a Big Ten championship. Like the Big yeah, Ten okay. is so tough. I guess that's I guess that's their only. I mean, I guess it is Big Ten country out there, so maybe that's how they they frame that argument. Crazy. It it doesn't make any sense, especially in in. NFL football, like that's just yeah. stupid. It's very stupid. So, do you think I should? You think I should post this interview to NFL Reddit, and I'll frame it as like I give you ten reasons why you're a dumpster fire. <laughs> like very seriously. Like, do you think that helps the clicks? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't I know. One, I was the one posting it to there. Like, so there, there were. Uh, oh, you. I mean, po- it, it oh, you. Show, it just showed up there. Oh, you physically posted it to NFL Reddit? No, no, no. I didn't post it. There. Oh, okay, okay. Well, maybe no, I'll no. maybe I'll go in incognito and and say, look, this this <laughs> totally Colangelo style. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, listen, we all have burner accounts, right? You know, we got we got to build up the podcast some way. So I'll frame it as, look at this fraud, Jimmy Kemsky gets roasted by probably the best, you know, the best podcaster in Philadelphia. <laughs> right. I think that makes sense. I think that makes some sense. All right, you, are you uh, are you ready for the ten reasons why you will be a dumpster fire this season? Bring it on, brother. Okay, uh, number one, this is this is my, my part of the list. Um, surfing too much and risking <laughs> risking injury. Jimmy, you 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 change your profile picture, which I always get shook when people change their profile pictures. In said <laughs> in said profile picture, you're surfing. That is that is a risk of injury. You could you could get hurt, and if we, if you get hurt. That's an automatic dumpster fire season. That's fair. And you know what? So, like, that picture was taken in Costa Rica, and um, there were actually sharks swimming around um, when, we were <laughs> when we were surfing. And, uh, I mean, they're not, they're, they're quote-unquote friendly sharks, according to the Costa Ricans <laughs> didn't that know we were such, surfing with. Didn't know there were such things. And, and they're all over the place. Like, <laughs> you can see them in the water. Um, they're bull sharks. And they're apparent, they apparently don't attack you. And then I'm thinking that can't possibly be right. And certainly some, somebody has been attacked by one of these sharks at some point. Yeah. And you Google it, or I Google it rather, and sure enough, you know, there's plenty of shark attacks that, <laughs> that happen there with these kinds of sharks. I mean, they're few and far between, and the, the odds are in your favor. But, uh, yeah, that, that absolutely can happen. And I do agree that it is risky. And if I were to get attacked by a shark or, you know, suffer some other you know million other different ways you can get hurt surfing um that could create problems for my coverage of the team particularly in training camp where you kind of have to be mobile you kind of have to be able to get from one field to the the next uh very quickly because you know they kind of run from field to field and if i can't be elusive like that and kind of jog over to the next field after having sustained some sort of leg injury for example then yeah that does uh kind of compromise my uh, ability to be at my best as an Eagles beat writer. So this is definitely one of those things where um, if I were to post something like that on Twitter and I were, and I were a player, 
fans would be going ape shit, like saying, "You can't be doing that during the season." That, that's what would happen if I were actually a player and people cared about me. Well, well, good <laughs> so. thing. Good thing for you is that I care about you, and thank you. And I took it a, a responsibility to let you know that I did not appreciate it, and we need we need the Jimmy Kempsey cover the coverage this year. And listen, let's let's say let's say the the shark gets one lucky bite on you and takes out your eye. Then, then you only have one eye, and you can't, you can't be, yeah. you can't, you can't be unbiased with one eye. You need two eyes to be unbiased. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Your first point is a very good one. You're off to a good start. Thank you, thank you. I felt, I felt good about that. Uh, number two. Listen, we talked about this the last time you were on. The objectiveness is gone with the picture that you took at the Super Bowl with the Eagles in the background. I can't trust you as an objective beat writer anymore. <laughs> now it is, it is completely gone. The, the objectivity of a Jim Bikensky post. Is is out the window? That was in no way planned. So uh, sure, it wasn't. I, in fact, I didn't even know that the Eagles logo was in the background. That's, to be perfectly honest. That's a good story. In, in fact, <laughs> uh, I was asked to take a picture—not asked, but uh, somebody, was, somebody was trying to take a picture of. I think it was Jamie Apodi was trying to take. Was trying to take a selfie. I said, "I'll, I'll get that for you." So I grabbed her camera and I went up a couple rows and I. Took that. Uh, took the picture for her because you know, she wanted the picture of herself with the field in the background. And then uh, someone else came over and they wanted to get a picture too. How was it? That's going to bother me. Another newscaster guy. Oh well, I can't think of his name. Um, he asked for me to take his picture as well. And then they said, "Well, you want you want your picture too?" I said, "Sure." So they took a picture of me too. Yeah. But I just happened to stand in the same spot as where they were. Like, so in no way, I mean, maybe they were taking the picture strategically so that the Eagles' uh, end zone paint was in the background. I don't know if they did that on purpose. And I just happened to be where we were stationed in the press box. Like, that's just where our press box seats were. So, all right. I think uh, I can maybe agree with your take on this one in that I should have at least noticed that there's an Eagles logo in the background and maybe thought better of it. But honestly, I don't even, I don't even know it was there. Well, <laughs> it, it, here's where it comes down, Jimmy, is that you didn't have to drag Jamie Apodi into this, and now she is also on objective. <laughs> and, you know, you know, I didn't take you for a guy that would pull people down on their way down, but I guess we all learned something about someone else. So that's, so that's going to be dumpster fire reason number 11. <laughs> yeah, you, you bring down those around you when, you, when, when, the, when the, the, sink, or the, the ship is sinking. Um, okay. Number three, uh, Jimmy, we met in person, which is always a bad idea. Um, you're, you're supposed to not get too close to your enemies because then you can't be as, uh, objective towards that person. Oh, right. At the, uh, at the Sixers thing. Yeah. Yeah. We met, yeah. we met in person. Well, the fact that you even had to question that, like you don't, you don't think about that every day when that, <laughs> that we had, that we met, it took you a second to remember where, where we met. I wake up every morning and I thank the Lord for that moment. Wow. That's a, that's a big ego hit on me. So, you know, uh, it's took me, that took me down a few notches, but okay. Well, no, no, no. I, I mean, I, I think I met you one other time too, didn't I? That was the first time I had ever met you. I'm pretty sure. sure. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. 95% sure. All right. My apologies. But you can't be objective now in your coverage of Jack Fritz. <laughs> okay. Fair. <laughs> Uh, reason number four. Listen, you got the six. Wait, what was what was the reason I'm bad on that? Well, because you can't you, you can't meet once you get close to someone. Oh, I see. Then gotcha. you lose the objectivity. Yeah. Which is just it's just bad. Number four, uh, you got the famous six 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 from Wawa. So now you're cursed, and I don't know if you're gonna make it through the season. 
yeah, nothing I can do about that one, but you're right. Uh, I was I felt uneasy about that as well. Well, yeah, I mean, how can you ever feel good about getting a six six six? Like that's... I considered not. I considered just not getting the sandwich. I considered just saying, "Don't make that." Well, I think it's bad on Wawa's part. You can't just give out the six. You just skip it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an easy skip. I think it's like I th- you know, the, uh, in a hotel, they don't have the thirteenth floor. Yeah. Wawa should not have the six 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 hoagie ticket or any place for that matter there's just correct just get it out like there's no point to it we'll we'll, we'll talk to wawa about it um yeah and and get them on their case um number five listen there's a power struggle going on at the philly voice newbeck maybe the taking the reins of the philly voice guy <laughs> newbeck is awesome newbeck had uh i probably the sixer story of the year when uh you know he wrote about uh, it, very in depth about Fultz's yips, which <laughs> which was really good, really well done. Yeah, and he worked on that for like I don't know, like three or four months or something like that. And I know uh, just from you know the inner workings of of our company that was uh, that was ready to go, and uh, the decision was made to hold it until uh, I think it, I think he we published that like the week after the draft because the thinking was, it's just going to get lost in the, in the pile. It was, it was during some kind of heavy, tra- heavily trafficked Eagle, uh, part of the seat, part of the off season. And we made it, or I, I had nothing to do with it, but it was, decision was made to hold it for like a few days and, um, and then publish it, you know, so it wouldn't just get lost in the shuffle when, you know, so once the Eagle stuff kind of cleared out, then that would get, it would get the attention it deserved. And that's got to be the worst feeling ever. Like I've never had to do that. But if you're if you're Kyle and you have that, and you're worried that somebody else is going to have something before you do after you put in three, four months of work on something, that's got to be the worst feeling ever. Just you know, and like waking up in the morning and going, "Shit, I've got to post this." <laughs> but you, but like you're just waiting. Yeah. And then, but he he he, you know, he ultimately um, the decision. Ended up being correct because that thing blew up. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think I could check Twitter. Like, I think I would just be so nervous to check Twitter to make sure that no one else <laughs> broke the story. So good on Kyle for uh, kind of seeing the logic in that. I would have had. I would have had a really tough time holding on to that and not just putting it out. I, would, I really would have had a hard time doing that. I would. Have, I would have argued saying, "Put it up now." I don't care. What, I, don't, I don't care if, if it quote-unquote, gets lost. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not putting in four months of work on something and then having to just go to waste because somebody beat me. So you're conceding that he is the he's the Philly voice guy now? I, I am conceding that he's better, yes. <laughs> uh, last one for me here. You refuse to stick to sports, Jimmy. Once again, you, you, <laughs> you, you put a meme up of Donald Trump with the P-tape <laughs> and, and you're on CNBC or MSNBC or one of those. Twice. Once, what? Oh, look at you. See? See? You refuse to stick to sports. You know? Once again, these journalists are just, they just can't do it. They can't they can't stick to sports and stick to the Eagles. I disagree on this because now uh, it is sticking to sports because the Eagles were involved with Trump. Maybe, yeah, that does give the, you a pass. What's that? That gives you a pass. Well, on half, on, on half of your points, it does. I, I, I maybe don't deserve a pass on... The gratuitous Trump stick figure with a couple of Russian hookers peeing. Nice. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's uh, 
unrelated to the Eagles. How 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 proud of you? How proud of yourself were you when you put that out there? Well, that that was a, that's an old one, so I just recycled that okay. one. That, well, so. I had that one. I, I posted that one like I don't know a year ago, <laughs> something like that. I've recycled that a few times. Yeah. But what's good about recycling sometimes is that people also do yourself missed it the first time around, and you get to enjoy it on round two or three. <laughs> like like and this like this podcast. It'll 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 uh, reemerge at some point. However, I will say that I am I was totally in the clear to say anything I wanted about Trump when the Eagles were um you know invited and then disinvited to the White House because it was an Eagles story. So I can say whatever I want and you know a lot of what I do is opinion. So if I could offer opinion on you know whether I think uh uh I don't know Mike Wallace is going to be a good receiver, I can say <laughs> whatever I want about Trump and his dealings with the Eagles. So my two my two MSNBC appearances, I went in at like 11, and uh, I forget the name of that show, but I did that. And then on my drive home, I got a call from them, and they're like, uh, Chris Matthews saw you, and he, he wants to have you on his show too. He's on at 7, can you come back? So like, my wardrobe isn't what it used to be. I used to work in like, in like Wall Street world. And uh, I had like a bunch of suits and they're all kind of either out of date or just, or just beat, beaten up or whatever. So I only wear like three different suits during the football season for game day. So I, and only two of them I really like. And then I don't really have that many like nice shirt and tie combos. So in between those two appearances, I actually had to go buy a new, <laughs> new shirt and tie because I didn't want to go. I didn't want to wear the same shirt and tie combo for two TV hits because that's super lame. <laughs> but my favorite part about the Chris Matthews appearance was he, when he was going to ask me, when he was asking me a question, he just rambled for like a solid minute or so, at least straight, just point after point after point. And he's just making all these points that he wanted to make. He made like five or six different points. And then there kept being like little pauses in between each point. And I would like just be about to speak. And then he'd keep going. And that happened like three or four different times during this rambling of his. And then finally he just goes, thoughts, Jimmy? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> did, did you say like, uh, good points? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I basically said, yeah, I agree, and then I just said whatever I was, whatever was on my, whatever was at the top of my brain, whatever, whatever I, whatever it was that I wanted to say. That's I just said because he said like eight different things. So like I just I, at that point I could just say whatever I. And, and by the way, that is super un like. Have you ever like? Do you watch those shows? No, I don't care. I mean, I what's that? No, I don't. I don't really care for those. Well, do you do you, do you know how they have like? About like four different boxes with uh yeah yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just like four different talking heads yeah, yeah and then they'll have like a picture of the skyline of whatever city you're in <laughs> in the background well you're just I, I was you're basically just in a room so i had to go to philly to shoot this thing they're all in i'm not sure if he was in new york or washington dc i think it was new york but i'm in philly just by myself and you're in this i don't know like eight by eight black room pitch black uh, with the exception of uh, these 
well, I guess it's not pitch black when you add in these beaming like in your face. They have these these super bright lights that are like right in your face, and you're at this you're sitting in this shitty chair at this shitty desk, and that's it. Like you you're just looking into these super bright lights where there's a camera behind it, and then they ask, "Do you want to?" You want to have a picture of yourself in the in the camera monitor, like a live picture, a live shot of yourself, live video of yourself in the camera, or just have it be blank. So I'm like, uh, yeah, I'd like to have something to. Uh, so I was like, yeah, just have the picture of me. So I wanted to see what I look like. <laughs> Were you impressed Which with was, what you look like? What's that? Were you happy with how you looked? Oh, it was a terrible decision because <laughs> now, like. <laughs> Because <laughs> now you can see it yourself, and you're like, "Wow, I'm an asshole." <laughs> like, I, I'm making a dumb face right now. So then you like try to change your face, and uh, and then that's even worse than what you're doing. And meanwhile, all this is going like I'm, you know, changing my faces that I'm making while Chris Matthews is talking, like introducing the segment and all that. And I'm just making all these different. I'm trying out all these different faces, but I'm on TV. So like while I'm trying trying to make these different faces where I don't look like an asshole, <laughs> you found, you found a way on TV, and <laughs> I remember going back and watching it, and then finally I just decided on a smile. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just I'm just sitting there smiling like a fucking asshole, <laughs> and these. <laughs> And then all the other guests on the panel, like they all have like normal faces, and I just have this big smile on my face, like I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So uh, if you're ever in a situation where you're doing uh, a, a TV hit like that, and they ask you if you want to have a picture of yourself, I'll just say no. <laughs> uh, just, just absolutely say no to that one. The the best would have been like I don't know how I would have handled that situation, but I think like if I was watching myself make points, I could imagine at the end of my point being like stupid point, Jack, stupid point. Like as I'm looking at myself, <laughs> I really, I really, I really wish you would have done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but even like while I'm talking, like I'm still looking at myself because you, ha- you have no, you have no choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either look because you have to look into the camera when you're talking. You can't just like ignore. <laughs> And you're like, even as you're talking, you're like, wow, is that what I look like when I, when I talk? I look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, were you, hold on, like, I always wonder about those things. Like, were you nervous, like, going on that show? Like, going on, like, national TV to talk about this? Normally, I wouldn't be. Because, um, I mean, I do radio hits, all, like, all the time, so. Well, you get, nerv- you, you get nervous when I, all. you get nervous when I and text t- you to come on this, right? Oh, well, yes, this is the only one. The only <laughs> The only one I know, I gotta have my A plus game, or it's or it's all over. Yeah, and then TV is even easier, actually, if you can imagine that, uh, because it's just conversational. You just sitting. Normally, you're just sitting with with somebody, and you're just talking with them. You're not even you're not looking at the camera or anything like that. And that's never been a, that's never really been a problem. But this is totally different because uh, if I go on the radio to talk about the Eagles, for example, like nobody ever tells me what they want to talk about, like. They're not like, we want to talk about Nelson Aguilar. We want to talk about uh, Carson Wentz, you know, how a contract extension is going to affect our future and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. I don't care what they have. There's nothing they're going to ask me or I'm not going to have some kind of answer for it. But in this case, I don't know shit about politics. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know nothing. Like, it's totally outside my comfort zone. So if they ask me some question that they think I'm going to have some insight on, 
like there's a good chance I'm not going to know shit, and then I'm just going to look like an idiot. So in that sense, yeah, I was pretty nervous going into that uh, situation. And then you add on the fact that you're in this horrible room with lights beaming in your face, and you're looking at yourself trying to not look like an asshole. Then <laughs> it is that was pretty nerve wracking. Yeah, I I don't think I don't think I'd be able to do it. I don't think I'd be able to do it, especially like politics stuff. Like I just don't know anything, so I just stay out of it. And then <laughs> and it's now, also live too, which well, has and, another element of danger to it. And Chris Matthews is like a griller. Like he will like grill you, <laughs> where if you if you ever like make a little misstep, so I'd just be so nervous about like <laughs> about saying something. Well, there wrong. was that, but I, at the same time, I with him at least, I knew that he was going to be on the side of my argument. So it wasn't like I was the. Uh, it wasn't like I was the uh, the adversary in that situation. I knew that like his opinions were going to align with mine. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you did okay. So that's not one of the I reasons did. why you'll be a dumpster fire this season. I appreciate it, buddy. However, Howard Willier checks in uh, from the Counterpoint Mailbag, and he says, uh, he actually has two of these. So it's going to be 11 reasons, but this is a combined one because I, I, <laughs> I didn't feel like making two things. Um, okay. Because he won't stop drinking old fashions at the airport and misses flight to Tampa. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. It could happen before. Um, the Eagles' best player is now off the team, and it will hurt his thoughtful analysis. Hashtag RIP Donnie Longball. Yeah, it's true. He was the uh, he was one of my he was one of my only uh, one of the only friendly faces in the locker room for me. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're just like I guess they're just going to go with Cam Johnston. Uh, so we asked, uh, Sip got asked about that. Was, oh yeah, I guess they, they made the assistance available to us like a month ago. And Sip said, yeah, he said, I don't know if, uh, if that makes it easier on him because the way he explained it, I don't know if I buy this or not, but the way he explained it was, uh, if you're a punter in camp and you have another punter with you in camp, and, uh, you know, you're beating that guy and you feel good about yourself and whatever. And, you know, you, you know you're going to win the job. But in his case, he's punting against a ghost. So he's, he's basically punting against the rest of the league. So just because I guess what he meant was, uh, you know, if he doesn't punt well, then they're just going to sign a guy that gets cut or is on the street or whatever to replace him. So he's kind of competing as Seth said against the rest of the league. I don't know if that's such a great idea either, <laughs> yeah. you know, but either way, uh, you know, that they, they, they could have, they could have maybe a punter issue here and there, well, this season, I, but I would personally I think, recommend taking a punter off of the Bengals, uh, scout team because that worked last right, year to, to match with, uh, with Jake. Yeah, yeah. 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 That worked last year. So I think it's going to work yeah. again this year. Also, like Jake Elliott, he's just assumed that he, like I feel like Cody, he was he's like Cody Parkey two years ago or three years ago, where it's just like this guy's gonna be our kicker forever. I don't know, it's just weird how we're just penciling in Jake Elliott as like our kicker for forever, even though he can't kick extra points. Yeah, it's weird that when they've had kickers run unopposed in camp, it has not always gone well. No, <laughs> no. So yeah, we'll see. I like Jake Elliott, but just like it's weird that we're just assuming this guy's gonna be our kicker forever. And he was good. He made a lot of long kicks, a lot of clutch kicks, but he also missed like <laughs> one extra point a game. It was unre- it was yeah, unbelievable. The, the the biggest thing that the, the biggest criticism I had of like so I do ten awards after every game and uh, Super Bowl you know ten awards after the Super Bowl or whatever. I didn't have his kick at the end of you know near the end of regulation, and that really was like, <laughs> that really was an enormous kick. They might not win if he doesn't make that kick. No, the no. Patriots get the ball 
with, uh, I guess it would have been a five-point deficit. And I don't know how much time was left on the clock at that point. Like, there was so uh, much. There was, there, was, there was enough. It was like two minutes, something like that. Yeah, I mean, there I think was, it was under two minutes, but uh, I don't remember. But they, they, they had plenty of time. So the way that it, I don't know what the Patriots are thinking on that dumb shit uh, gadget special uh, kick return play. Yeah. <laughs> when you have the best quarterback in the world who's absolutely shredding the opposing defense. Wow. But, uh, that whole game was weird on their part, but there, there was yeah. there was there were so many little moments in that game, like little big moments in that game, like the the uh, the, the fourth and one when they were down by one with like two minutes left. Like no one talks about that that ge- that play changing the game, the fourth down conversion with Ertz. Like if they, if they don't get that, they probably don't win. They, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. There's yeah. there's it's, so yeah. many little things. They're that you losing. Just they're they're down at that point. Yeah, thirty three, thirty two. Yeah, it's crazy. It's awesome. Um, speaking of kicking competitions, uh, at Eagles five five four said that there's no more kicking competition to massage your ego. <laughs> well, it wasn't a massage. It wasn't an ego massager. The last year they had it because I got knocked out. It was only the one year it massaged my ego. Yeah, but you kept that going for a little bit, like you. I did. I I made sure everyone knew that I won the kicking competition for sure. <laughs> uh, prediction from uh, at Smarty Jones. Do you know who Smarty Jones is? Of course. Great horse. Great horse. Yeah. Um, he <laughs> said that that someone is going to have the perfect counter to Bofa this year. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. And I have, you know, had many failed Bofa attempts because, you know, you got to you gotta take shots to make them. <laughs> Shoot and shot. Uh, more often than not, people are going to know what it is than what it, you know, people not knowing what it is. But I have not run into an A-plus counter on that yet. Well, Smarty Jones. Somebody, somebody's going to come up with it. Smarty I don't Jones. Know what it is. Smarty Jones thinks that this is the year. So just be on high alert, okay? When you're. Well, I think that I'm in the clear on that because it's not going to be me that gets it. Somebody out there on the internet is going to come up with the the great answer for uh, the great Bofa counter, <laughs> and then that's going to blow up on the internet on Twitter. Yeah. And it's going to be somebody else that has egg on their face because I mean, both attempts are made. I mean, as you know, there was a study that was done by USA Today, and somebody attempts a Bofa every every uh, seven minutes, I believe it was. So, wow, um, it's not going to be me that gets. I made that up, by the way. <laughs> I don't think you did. No, we, we'll, 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 we'll run with that. It's not going to be me that gets that that gets that amazing Bofa counter. But I do have to be on. You're right. I do have to be on alert on um, not being the person that suffers that fate. And I think I'm well-positioned to not be the person that suffers that fate because I'm careful about who I try to BOFA. I, I don't know if... So I've done BOFA breakdowns uh, on uh, Periscope after I've gotten them. And the point that I always make is you want to try to BOFA people that either don't have a lot of tweets or just seem kind of oblivious to you know that kind of thing, like an, like an egg... Um, avatar is usually good because they might not be well experienced in the ways of the BOFA. So I try to kind of pick low hanging fruit when I do that. So if somebody were to come up with some kind of amazing BOFA retort, they, A, uh, would have to be sort of an undercover, like dope on the internet that, you know, like hasn't thought of it or I'm sorry, that, that like purposely set out to be this undercover dope for, you know, a certain amount of time. And then they just spring this amazing BOFA counter on the world. 
uh, and B, they won't have a lot of followers even if they do that, because if they have a lot of followers, then I would never try to bull for them because <laughs> they're, they're going to know what it is. So I feel like somebody else is going to suffer that fate because I already do kind of not necessarily take precautions against that kind of thing, but I do choose people that seem to be oblivious. Well, I think that if the Brian Colangelo burner account taught us anything is that there are smart people lurking as idiots on the web. And I would, I, I, listen, this is for you, me to you, me to you. Uh, I would be, I would be, I would be worried about a Howie Roseman burner account. Cause I, I guarantee that Howie has one. He absolutely does. He absolutely has one. And I think he is smart enough. He would not have enough followers that he would roast you on a Bofa. Yeah. I'm sure he just has an account where he never tweets at all. Yeah. Yeah. That, and he has no followers. And maybe right. And one day he's gonna get you. I'm t- I'm telling you right now, it's gonna come out that it, that he, you got bowfoot hard by Howie Roseman and his burner accounts. The his that story's gonna break soon. I'm calling. And then that's I'm, when he that's when he's going to emerge as that's uh, when he's going to say this was a burner account all along. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's how he's gonna open his next press conference. He's gonna give you a wink and say, "Hey, gotcha." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks, son. Um, Doctor Strange checks in, and this this is a, this is a, a fear that I have, and a fear that many of us in the BGN Radio and and the Trust Tree have um, of you this season is that since you are now a a Super Bowl winning beat writer, listen, Jimmy, we're worried about a Super Bowl hangover from Jimmy Kemsky. Is is that is that a, a real worry for us? Uh maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe the edge is off. Maybe, maybe maybe the edge will be off a little bit. Who knows? Although I feel like I had a good week last week with the dumpster fire series. Yeah, the dumpster fire series so, it, it qualmed it qualmed a lot of our fears. I'll, I will yeah. say that this be the people spoke. If I can sustain that throughout the season, then that'd be good. Uh, however, today I don't know if this is on your list coming up, but today someone replied that my fire has been burning twice as bright uh, during the off season. So the fear with them was that it'll burn out by the time the season's over. Yeah, but last season they won the Super Bowl, and I feel like you would get burnout out then. And the that fact was Michael Kiss, I think that's it that, was right? Michael Kiss. It was Michael Kiss. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was burnout then. But now that you came out of the dumpster fire series, like the fact that you you brought the fire for the dumpster fire series coming off of a Super Bowl championship, that was a a a big moment for us. Saying, listen, we don't we don't have to worry about our Jimmy Kemsky. <laughs> Okay, good. I really was burnt out at the end of last year. It was a long year. <laughs> right, and then you have all the White House stuff, and it just continues <laughs> right. on. Like, this last this last month must have been nice for you. There's nothing well, going on. At the end of the year, like, when the Super Bowl had ended, and then even after that, you know, you have, like, a, a solid week of still having to write, like, a lot every day, and then covering the parade and all that shit. And then once that, once that all ended, I was like, all right, I can kind of take a breath. And then you look at the calendar, it's like, Ah, oh, shit, I got to go to the combine in a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's the price so you it really pay. hasn't been much of a break. If, Normally we're done, you know, l- you know, last day of December, you know, the first couple days of January, and then there's a big break. Uh, we did get to skip the Senior Bowl this year, which was kind of nice. So I didn't go to Alabama this year. But uh, well, that's yeah, a good thing. a big that, break, but we didn't get that this year. That's a good thing you didn't go to Alabama because I was worried that you were going to get memed again. <laughs> right. That my that's right. That's the scene of my worst meme ever. <laughs> uh Jimmy, uh once again, uh this is next year. So so next year when we do this again after the Eagles repeat, 
that's not a tradition yet. That is just the annual still? No, I think it's the annual now. Okay. I think once you get to three, then it becomes tradition. All right, cool. So so next year will be the annual 10 Reasons Why Jimmy Kemsky Will Be a Dumpster Fire. Uh, follow Jimmy on Twitter, at Jimmy Kemsky, of course, the, the best follow for Eagle stuff. Um, and of course, read them on the Philly voice. And for some reason, Jimmy, our conversations always take forever. We are, we are 45 minutes into this podcast. Well, an interview on this podcast. It was probably the ordinary for you. No, I mean, it's, it was all great. It's why, it's why I love having you on. I'm just saying, I'm sorry for taking 40, 45 minutes of your time for something (laughs) so important to, to your daily life. Uh, Jimmy until next year, as we repeat as world champions, uh, have a good season. All right, thanks to uh, Jimmy for joining me, as always. Now, it's time for the CounterPoint Mailbag. So, uh, you can always send your emails to counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. I will always see them there. Sometimes I miss them when you when you tweet them at me. So, if I was you and you want your your uh, question answered on the podcast, I would just wait till I send out the bat signal that I'm, that I'm doing the podcast. But if you if you have something on your chest that you need to get out that you need the trust trees advice for, just always email counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. You guys, it's getting pretty good. It's getting pretty good. Uh, I don't have to always call out for it because I just get you know emails all the time about things that people need help with. So um, uh, this first one I did address on the special edition of Counterpoint with BLG as we talked about Nick Foles and just got some things off of our chest that we, we need to get off. But I'll bring it up here because uh, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's people who didn't listen to that podcast. I just want to listen to, to this podcast, which is perfectly fine. So I'm going to address this one here. So from Eric Linus, um, hey, Jack, loving the counterpoint after admittedly being one of those fools who didn't get it at first. But what's keeping me from truly embracing the trust tree in my soul is your take when Wentz went down that the dream was dead and the run was over. I know we were all hurting, but I feel like the disease should have triggered blind faith in Foles. And if he failed, we could have dismissed the season in hindsight and started making excuses for next year. Do you have anything to say so that we can get past this take? So I'm sure that Eric's not the only one. Like Eric was the, 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 the first one to speak up and and you know bring this to the to the trust tree leader which ultimately is myself i'm sure eric's not the only one out there that that struggles with with this on a daily basis so listen all i had to say is that i was vulnerable at the at the moment when wentz went down i did that podcast the night that wentz went down so i was very emotional um i also had said that before that that if Carson Wentz wasn't, if Carson Wentz didn't win a Super Bowl, then this team is never winning the Super Bowl. I was all in on Carson Wentz being the guy. Uh, I had seen Nick Foles. I wasn't a Nick Foles lover. Um, you know, the, the 27-2 was amazing, but I saw 2014. I saw him with the Rams. Like I just didn't, like I just didn't think he could get it done. Um, and the disease, like at that point, the Eagles were still the Eagles. Like. I think we've gotten this this false sense of this team always wins, but that's just not the case. Like the the Eagles were 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 disappointing for all of our lives. You know this this happened. And it was like oh my god, um, they were still the Eagles at that point. Like they weren't the Super Bowl champion Eagles. They were just the Eagles. And yes, I completely disregarded the rest of the team because you know we're we're all taught that the quarterback is the most important position on the field in all of sports. And when you lose a guy that was going to win the MVP, I just like, like, I'm sorry. I just didn't think that Nick Foles could could get it done. So 
I was I was more thinking rationally than thinking like a fan, and uh, that's on me. So, um, but I will say this: once, like the second half of the Falcons game, like I was all in at that point. Like I was like, that guy can win us a Super Bowl. Like I wasn't going into the Super Bowl saying they have no chance to win this game because they have Nick Foles. I did flip. I did flip. So I uh, hope that. Hope that helps qualm some of your uh, some of your fears out there. So, from Blake Reynolds, um, dear Jack, before I ask you my question, I think it's necessary for you to understand my Eagles fandom. I am 18, live in New York, and became an Eagles fan when I was four in 2004 um, because my good friend and neighbor was from Philly and was an Eagles fan. While I was a fan, the Eagles' first Super Bowl loss uh, really had no effect on me. Well, I mean, as we've talked about on last podcast, uh, you're all fraud babies before five. So. You're a fraud, baby. Uh, my first real heartbreak as a fan was the 08 loss to the Cardinals. So you were born in 2000. So then 2000. So you were eight years old. That's when they lost. That's when the Rondé Barber game happened for me. So well, we're basically in the same boat. <laughs> From then on, I would consider myself a fan who lived and died by the results every Sunday. Um, this year, during the playoff run and the Super Bowl game, I had the time of my life going crazy after each big moment. However, after the game was over and the initial reaction was over, I did not cry. And the moment almost fell off. Felt off. I felt that during the whole run, we were playing with house money after the Wentz injury, and I never really thought we would win until we did. Along with not having anyone to share the victory with besides that neighbor, I felt that I had not earned the Super Bowl yet. That it came easy to me. Am I a fraud? Sincerely, Blake, hoping for mercy from the trust tree. Well, there's a lot packed in that, Blake. You know, you're an Eagles fan because of your neighbor and, and this stuff. And, you know... It's just like honestly, it. I wish you could have been down here in the city for the Super Bowl because then, no matter how, no matter what age you were, if you were like in the area, you would understand. Like, I mean, the 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 riots here were just crazy. Um, but the fact that you came to the trust tree and asked for acceptance into the trust tree, um, I think you have earned your Super Bowl. Um, I think you've gotten to the to the appropriate age. I mean, you're 18 now. That's that's old enough. <clears throat> you've earned your Super Bowl as long as you never rooted for another team and were never just like fugazi about the Eagles. Like no matter what, you were always you know living and dying with your team. You know, I think I think the trust tree can show mercy in this situation. Um, from Theodore Joseph Buriani. Wow. <laughs> uh, Jalen Ramsey is doomed is the subject line. Uh, hey, Jack, I was watching the NFL Top 100 and like PFF, it's complete bullshit when our players are rated poorly, but fantastic when they're highly rated. Case in point, Lane at number 95 and Carson at number three. I knew it was going to be tough to beat out Brady and AB, so I'll take three as a huge win, even though 95 for Lane is utter nonsense. Anyway, watching his video... Uh, in the beginning of the reaction show, two things stood out. One, Zach Brown made a note that Carson always keeps his head up after getting hit as he throws to see the ball still get caught. I never noticed that, but let me let me tell you, after watching highlights of it, the chub meter is off the charts. Completely agree. Like I I've noticed that as well, uh, Theodore. Can I call you Ted? I'm call you Ted. Theodore is it's a it's a mouthful. Uh, I agree with you, Ted. Um, he's just like Carson Wentz is just such a football player and he is such a gamer and the the thing that I'm nervous about with Carson is that like he's going to change the way he plays now because of the injury and he's not going to be as cutthroat and all that stuff like I, I'm a little bit worried about that. I, I love when he would run over people. And I know it's like terrible for a quarterback that you're trying to run over people. But yeah, he's just like, 
he is such a boss and uh, the way he looks at throws and keeps his head up and all that it's just you're right the chub meter is is fully out and then number two point here he said Jalen Ramsey questioned Wentz's spot on the list saying that he hasn't he wasn't sold on Wentz yet I know London has uh, been hell for any non-Jaguar teams but if we can get Doug to show that on repeat to Carson prior to the Jags games how many touchdowns are we talking for Carson that game I'm thinking three to Alshon alone um, can't wait for training camp need some more Sidney Jones in my life hey his name is actually Teddy Signed, Teddy Buriani. So, sorry for calling you Theodore, but I'm glad that we both decided that your name is Teddy or Ted. So, you're, you're welcome. Um, yeah, I mean, fuck Jalen Ramsey. Like, uh, are we sure we're sold on Jalen Ramsey being a, a good cornerback in this league? That's basically what you're saying here. If you, think, if you think Carson Wentz, you're not sold on him yet, then I'm not sold on you being a good cornerback in this league, Jalen Ramsey. So, um, yeah, shove it. Anyway, um, Richard Smith? We're going to call you Dick Smith. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. Um, after listening to episode 42, I learned you were an expert in children. Thank you. Um, so maybe able to advise on how I should have approached the situation I found myself in recently. Last weekend, I was with my wife and children at a park in Hitchin, Hertfordshire, England, when we noticed a fellow park attendee wearing an eagle shirt. I'm sure you can imagine our surprise to see Midnight Green in the home counties. The wearer of the garment was a youngster, perhaps four or five years old. Well, that's a fraud, baby, sir. You know that. Um, Should we have used Go Birds greeting with the young chap or maintain our British politeness by ignoring the situation? I still don't know how I would respond if someone said Go Birds to me. So perhaps we were right to say nothing at all. I was thinking about this. I think it would have been cool if you went up to him and like kneeled down and gave a little high five Go Birds, you know? But also in that scenario, maybe the parents are like, yeah, we just got on the shirt because it looked cool. Like I needed to know what the parents were wearing, because if the, if the parents are wearing something Eagles related or they look like you know sports fans, then I could see it happening. I don't think it would have been the worst scenario in the world to say, "Hey, are you guys Eagles fans?" Because then it's like, "Hey, we are Eagles fans. Hey, we're both in England. That's really cool. How about the Eagles?" Um, saying "Go Birds" at a little kid. I don't know if that's the best situation. I don't think that's the best way to, to handle this situation. But anyway, if you went up to him and said, hey, are you guys Eagles fans? You, the one reaction is, awesome, we're in England, let's party. And the, the second is, no, we just got the shirt. And then it's, just, then it's just awkward. But you take the risk because seeing Eagles fans in other countries seems like a pretty cool thing. Then you can just like, then you can just like dap up all the time and say, yeah, how about those birds? Super Bowl champions. Um, the British politeness thing, I agree. But he could have been British politeness, but also show that you were an Eagles fan, Richard. So, yeah, it's a tough situation. I would have personally gone up and say, hey, are you an Eagles fan? I know that sounds shocking coming from me because I'm terrified of those situations, but I do find joy in Eagles fans at other countries. So, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. From David Tomei. Uh, Jack, seriously conflicted with emotions. Recently, I was at work, and some schmuck was wearing a Patriots hat. I was not wearing any Eagles gear at this time. However, upon seeing this individual, who I perceived to have a boisterous, braggadocious personality himself, I was conflicted. Do I say anything? What should I say? Is there protocol for this? Is there a taunting opportunity or simply a reminder? Does he even know? Am I a fraud for such indecision? Best regards. Also, go Jill for the wedding planning. Yeah, she's still killing it. I'm still, you know doing my guy part so um someone's at work wearing a patriots hat and you weren't wearing eagles gear see it's tough if you're not wearing any eagles gear because then he'd be like well where's your eagles gear like are you even a fan so it's tough to it's tough to come out with a lot of bravado as an eagles fan when you're not wearing anything 
either Philadelphia related or Eagles related. It was it, it's it's a tough situation. But if you were wearing Eagles stuff, then yeah, it's perfectly fine to be like be like, hey, Brady dropped it. Or you know, just something simple something simple that cuts deep. Cuts deep into Patriots fans' heart. Like Brady dropped it. Uh your dynasty is over. Forty one thirty three. It's February fourth. It's perfectly fine to do that, but it is it is probably a bad idea to do that without any Eagles gear on or Philadelphia gear on. I'm just saying, I'm just I'm just giving you a forewarning. Like you can still do it, but he's going to question your real fanness if you're not wearing Eagles gear at the time. So I think he, I think you handled it right by not doing anything because then it makes you look bad if you're not wearing any Eagles gear. That's 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 just me. From uh, Landon Klein. Um, hey, Jack, I'm sure you played a few rounds of Slap Cup slash Stack Cup while in college. If you could choose four or five Eagles players to play Slap Cup with, who would it be? So, um, number one, leading it off, Alshon, soft hands, good touch. Um, I just trust him with his hands of his. Uh, I'm going to have Wentz. I know he probably doesn't drink, but the competitiveness, he will elevate his teammates around him. Um, I just I just don't see him being bad at Flip Cup. I call it Flip Cup. Oh, Slap Cup's definitely different. No, it's the same thing. Same thing. I call it Flip Cup. Whatever. Um, Wentz for the competitiveness, of course. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna raise the level of our team. Lane Johnson, because I feel like he wakes up in the morning and just practices this all the time. Like I, I, My version of Lane Johnson uh, just finds local parties to, to play Flip Cup in on the weekends. That's 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 what I view Lane Johnson doing on his weekends around the city or when he goes back home to Oklahoma. Uh, Jason Kelsey, another first team all slap cover. Um, you know, we saw the Super Bowl parade that he likes to get a little turnt, and I just assume he would be fantastic at it. Like I think he'd just be a really good uh, slap cup slash flip cup player. Um, Jason Kelsey is on my team. I think he drinks heavily especially Bud Light. I think that's his beer of choice. Um, and then finally, my closer, Jake Elliott. Just clutch. I don't think we talk enough about how clutch Jake Elliott is. Uh, he's a closer. Um, now, if, you, if, if it's, if it's an a extra point to tie the game late, Jake Elliott's probably missing that kick. But if it's a big kick from like 40-plus, yeah, he's nailing that. So my closer is Jake Elliott for my Slap Cup team. Um, from Matthew Hammaker. Um, Jack went to my local Dick Sporting Goods in southeastern Virginia and asked where I could find Super Bowl champion Eagles gear. I was told we only carry teams, we only carry local teams and the Cowboys. Pointing out that Philly was only five hours away compared to Dallas being 18, that was lost on the employee. Geography not being their strong suit. My questions are this. Is Dick Sporting Goods banned from the podcast? How can I boycott a company who doesn't have anything I want to buy? Well, listen, I can't ban Dick Sporting Goods because they're like around here. Of course, of course, they had Eagles gear. I, you know, I think I think it would have been polite of them and smart of them to understand that Eagles fans are everywhere and to have some, you know, maybe in the back. Not having anything is also bad, but also, also, Matt. Listen, you could just, you could simply just say, who the hell buys shit from a store anyway? Just order that online, and then you don't run into the problem of Dick Sporting Goods. So your boycott is buying things online, and then boom, Dick's Sporting Good is dead. So that's a one way to get him back, Matt. I think that's a, I think it's a pretty safe bet. That's going to do it for this episode of the Counterplay Podcast. Hope you enjoyed, as always. Um, and I will be back, yeah, sometime. I don't know when. Just open your ears and listen.
Sonic. 